1: Robots Radio presents. You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone, from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D, to learn more about the world's creatures and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. hello and welcome to the dungeons and dragons lore cast my name is sergio
0: and i'm mary
1: and we are here today to discuss one of the it's it's spooky month we we addressed that last week and as such we're going to continue covering the spookiest of the spookies in D lore and so you brought this to the table you're like i want to talk about this uh one because like it's it's slowly going to be incorporated into your own campaign that you're playing, yeah. you know yourself, uh, and so you're like I kind of need to do the research anyway, you know it's super interesting and it fits it into the theme, and so yeah we're gonna we're gonna dig into it. What are we talking about this week, Mary?
0: We're we talking about my favorite horrible place, um, favorite plane of existence, uh, the IRS sh-
1: headquarters. Oh.
0: God, no, it's not that evil. Come on now. no. Oh, no. <laughs> like just, fantasy,
1: back. fantasy evil.
0: Fantasy not... evil, not IRL. We're can, escaping yeah. reality right here. So <laughs> we're doing uh we are going to talk about the Shadowfell.
1: The plane of shadow.
0: The plane of Shadow. There are so many aliases.
1: All like the evil things and creatures and people do, right? Like next yeah. week, spoiler alert, we're talking Asmodeus. Like this dude has so many nicknames, and they are all dope AF. Like they are the coolest <laughs> nicknames.
0: Well, it's, it's Shadowfell's nicknames aren't as cool. They're just kind of redundant, actually. But still yeah. cool. But still cool. Um. So let's just let's just jump jump into it. So in the um the DM's guide, I wanted to call it Guild and. It's because it's really early and I'm still only kind of awake.
1: DMG, DMG. The DMG.
0: So, Riven stood in the uppermost room of the central tower of his citadel, a fortress of shadows and dark stone carved in relief into the sheer face of a jagged peak. The starless black vault of the plain sky hung over a landscape of gray and black, where lived the dark simulacra of actual things. Shadows and wraiths and specters and ghosts and other undead hung in the air around the citadel or prowled the foothills foot hills and plains near it. So numerous, their glowing eyes looked like a swarm of fireflies. He felt the darkness and everything he could see, he felt it as an extension of himself, and the feeling made him too big by half. And that is an excerpt from The Godborn* by Paul S. Kemp.
1: I believe the Godborn was a series. Um, was part of a series that covered the Sundering, mm-hmm. which we will be discussing very shortly as well.
0: Oh, good. That that also comes into play at some point for you know everything. Everything. So, yeah, I was gonna say like we're gonna everything. we're gonna
1: cover it because it
0: it's, it's important.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty like widespread, sort of cataclysmic type of mm-hmm. it.
0: Mm-hmm. So the shadow fell a.k.a. the Shadow Deep, a.k.a. Shadowland, the Plane of Shadow, and the Demiplane of Shadow, or just Shadow.
1: Just Shadow. Like So it was
0: yeah.
1: sh- sh- like insert, like, you know, modifier <laughs> here of Shadow. shadow. <laughs> yeah, Shadow.
0: That's, that's it. That's all you need to know. So the Great Wheel of, in the earlier versions of the Great Wheel of Cosmology, it was a subplane or just a Demiplane. Um, these are made up of proto-matter that kind of floats around the ethereal plane. The largest one of these is called the shadow plane. It's made up of equal parts negative and positive energy and surrounded by a silvery curtain of mist. Now, we we talked about the mist when we were discussing some horrible creatures, sir.
1: Yeah, in, in regards to the... uh the Ravenloft setting and or like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the demi planes of of dread yes rovia yes. darkon right
0: these are those that. magic teleportation mists in revised versions of it Shadowfell is considered a parallel plane to the uh, prime material plane existing similarly to like the flip the say wild does um it's a reflection of the material plane but Unlike the beauty and all the flourishing life in the Fade Wild, it's the polar opposite. A desolate place, completely bleak, dismal, filled with death and decay.
1: Sounds like Oklahoma. Uh, Just kidding. One of my best friends lives in Oklahoma. It's a lovely place. I'm visiting there next month. (laughs) I'm visiting there next month, in fact. (laughs) And being from Texas, I feel like... I. Not only morally obligated, but legally obligated to make that statement, even if I it's, believe it or not.
0: It's true; they take away your uh, your and card if you don't
1: like, talk at it, least yeah. a
0: little bit of shit about Oklahoma at least
1: once a week. Like, and it's Saturday, so I needed to get it in
0: right. Just get it in on the weekend and be done with it. <laughs> so, in the world tree variation of cosmology, um, it exists. The Shadowfell exists with the prime material plane they touch at all points and even have the same basic geography um but the only access to it is through really really shady areas or using the using the shadow walk spell or at night um the way that i was able to kind of make it make sense to me is think of the upside down from stranger things
1: yeah okay, it's all the same
0: thing but there's the one side and then there's not like right. the darker sides, the you know, parallel of it or makes but, a
1: lot of sense. I yeah, mean, like a
0: reflection.
1: Feel I mean, as as much of as there is a connection to D D in Stranger mm-hmm. Things with, you know, the, yep. the creators being fans of the game, mm-hmm. it's not hard to, you know, theorize that perhaps the upside down was inspired yeah. by Shadowfell.
0: And the more I read it, I was like, Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, definitely. Oh, it's fine. But i mean that's what D is we pull from everything and everywhere and then everything pulls from it and there's not a not a lot of bitterness about it
1: <laughs> have so you been on twitter bitter.
0: lately i try to avoid it sometimes because i just don't have it in me like just have fun it. God, like I, like,
1: guys and gals and, and and non-binary folks let's just have fun
0: mm-hmm. it's that just meme have- of the it's just one of those little hand-drawn memes where someone's pinching the other guy's mouth. Shut and says, "Shh!" Let people enjoy things. Just, just have fun. Enjoy it. Um, so, these portals to the Shadowfell um, occur naturally. Uh, the natural occurring ones are called vortices. Uh, they exist in areas of heavy darkness and shadow, and are very unpredictable. They don't stay in the same spot for very long, and they're not open for any specific amount of time. So you can't really tell where you're gonna end up, where you're gonna come back out of it, or how long it's gonna be there. It's just the best, it's such a sweet little place to go visit and vacation, you know.
1: Like uh, a it's like if you can't get a home in the Poconos, like a summer home in the Poconos, like try try Shadowfell.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That should be uh, I should work for the tourism bureau for Shadowfell. Should. Is <laughs> there a right? Shadowfell? I could start it. I mean, you could start it. That's really it's kind of like podcasting. You fill, you know, you find a need and you fill that niche, yeah. So.
0: Yes, exactly. So, people could use the shadow fell to move rapidly from point to point kind of like fast teleportation or fast traveling um on the material plane and it could be done by skirting the uh edge of the shadow fell and But the more you do this, arriving exactly where you want to becomes less and less and less precise. So the further out you're trying to skip, the less likely you're going to end up where you were trying to. Um, Some travelers have even gone as far as to reach alien worlds like, excuse me, like Orth. Is it Orth?
1: Orth, yeah.
0: Orth? Seal sounds? Uh,
1: the, uh, The Greyhawk Earth
0: been able to reach that through traveling through uh shadow so in the year 1385 dr um the year of the blue fire there's going to be a lot of year titles in this by the way and i was excited because they are great
1: yeah they're all fantastic they're all all.
0: fantastic like oh i know what happened then Um, shar the goddess of darkness and night orchestrated the death of mistra the goddess of magic and this caused the spell plague which we talked about a little bit in the thay episode
1: and um, we will be covering in depth very soon
0: yes 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 when this happened um the planes kind of collapsed into one another shar um, was able to manipulate some of the necrotic energy from the negative energy plane into the shadow plane this power combination began drawing in souls of the dead to this newly altered place so they now had to pass through Shadowfell to get to the Feud Plane um, and be judged for their final time to see where they went after death. Um, she called this new creation the Shadowfell. Um, it was from the Shadowfell that all shadow magic and necrotic energies were pulled until the time of the Second Sundering. So that's where all the dark stuff went. Anybody that died, that's their limbo of sorts, I guess. So, kind of know a little bit about what it is. Um, so
1: okay, so I I shadow walk into the shadow into sh- the domain of shadow, the the mm-hmm. plane of shadow, the mm-hmm. uh, uh, archipelago of shadow, the peninsula of shadow. What what am I going to expect? What what should we I expect, expect when it? I get there?
0: Well, if you're looking for bright sunny beaches, this is not the place for you.
1: Mm, okay.
0: there's no sun no moon no stars decorating the inky depths of the sky above um only an endless void of black and darkness up there all of the colors from everything in the world are faded and muted shades everything's kind of black and gray and white it's very dim very dismal and just not not real welcoming or warm there um light sources only illuminate half their normal distance while there however it can be seen at up to 10 times its normal range so you only get half the light but you can be seen 10 times further away
1: Oh so how convenient for for scouts. enemies
0: yeah. or any of the horrible abominations that live there yeah that sounds great um kind of similar to way to the way like a star contrasts against the night sky that's what you can expect like somebody okay. however many miles off um Even using like shadowy illumination, like um, a lantern that burns shadow light oil or using the darkness spell can still be seen further away than normal, but not as far. It's only about five times as far as the normal distance there. Your flames and fires are going to put out less heat um, and spells invoking fire and heat are less predictable and have a tendency to fail.
1: Okay, so using 5U rules, likely rolling at disadvantage every time you use one of those spells.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Or unless the DM's a little bit more twisted like me and just chooses without telling them that it chooses which ones.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you could do like a percentage sort of thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Flip a coin. Did it work or not? 50-50.
1: 50-50.
0: I love a 50-50 shot. It seems like there's higher stakes to me for some reason. Um, So gravity and time here, though exists the same way in the shadow fell as it does in the prime material plane. Um, it has this wonderful ability to just kind of morph magically, changing its like the surface of it, not necessarily where things are, but mountains rising and falling out of nowhere and um, shapes of general areas kind of changing a bit because of this, this landscape is kind of a twisted dark echo of the prime plane. When you initially enter the shadow plane, your surroundings are going to be quite similar because these portals kind of reflect where they are in the opposite um, on the other plane. But the further out you travel, the less familiar the landscape becomes, and it diverges rapidly from uh, from your starting point in different ways with each subsequent visit, which made it impossible to map out they there's no sun and you have no way of knowing where you are or how to get around there because you can't get a map it's kind of just a risk all around i love it
1: (laughs) as a dm it's amazing as a player it's endlessly infuriating
0: and also kind of fun i like the dark stuff i mean depends on your table though i guess for sure so landmarks there are typically recognizable, but are somewhat different. Um, they're altered in weird ways. Like maybe they're constructed in a slightly different way or made with different materials. Maybe they're in a, like a different location even, and or in any condition from its actual current condition, brand new built to these are ancient crumbled ruins and what the hell happened here. Um, these similar sites are called shadow analogs because it's constantly changing. There are frequent earthquakes as well in the shadow fell. So you got just, we're just adding more horrors in there to mess with people. There is so much, it is never boring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, okay, so we got this spooky place. It's like no light, like devoid mm-hmm. of life. Like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. just think just decay and death. Uh, and like already like okay spooky and they're like alright now there's a bunch of like other like stuff on top of that but and also
0: then... the land itself wants to kill you so
1: <laughs> the terrain wants, the wants terrain you to die the terrain out
0: to get you all of it's dangerous so <laughs> because of this it's, it's kind of similar to like the earthquake spell the way that these happen so for people traveling um on the ground as these shadow quakes happen um, they could also disrupt if you're casting like shadow walk spell and or just happen to be traveling and just kind of you know dump you out somewhere else in the shadow fell in the middle of it changing it's just like no well you happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and the new location it's likely likely not close to where they were headed in the first place so it just somewhere random in this wonderfully dark place some places in the Shadow Plane seem to have stronger ties to, ne- to the Negative Energy Plane um, and the undead things that you're going to find there that like to drain away life. These areas are sometimes referred to as Dark Lands as well. Um, they're extremely dangerous. Unprotect- unprotected visitors would have their life force sucked from them. From the second they enter, your life force just starts draining. Um, if you don't leave quickly enough, you would end up as nothing but a pile of ash. It just, until you're gone. Those are so many gestures happening. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, those with protection against negative energy, however, would would be just fine. Luckily for travelers, none of the um, vortices, those permanent portals, um, opened up into these places. Keeping folks safe from both suddenly appearing there. And also from things from there, from, you know, the uh, Darklands coming through to the Prime Material Plane, because that would also be problematic. Although that is, that would be a good adventure hook. One of those random... Somehow, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: it's got like heavy, like uh, Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion vibes, you know, the Mm -hmm. portals opening up and all the... um,
0: All the awful.
1: All the fiends, yeah, all the awful Mm -hmm coming through uh yeah I, I love it
0: um certain types of locations on the material plane often had these echoes in the in the dark land. so there was like certain types of places that you could expect would send you there um haunted battlefields burial grounds or places that were um, used as necrotic foci so just places where they was a lot of that energy concentrated other types of echoes occurred um in areas parallel to cities and towns on the prime plane. But they were nothing more than like a mirage. Um, People would see familiar places and faces they recognized through these odd mirage mirror type things. Structures would appear to be destroyed or altered or just something else in their place entirely. And they reflected living things as well, though these living things that they could see the reflections of appeared like nightmarish, but still recognizable. So, just kind of walking, traveling, and you come across a weird mirage, and as you look at it, you know that it's you, but it's not you. Not quite right. That's where you throw in those horror tropes: the too wide smile or the too many joints on the fingers that send chills up your spine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, No thank it. you.
1: No thank you. <laughs>
0: I'm excited to use that against my players. Sorry, guys. Not sorry. Um, passing these things is going to be fantastic. Basic necessities are also available here. You can, you know, you could live here. You totally could if you wanted to. Um, food, water, air, all those amenities are available in the oh,
1: All those. All the all, all the things. All the things you need. <laughs> yeah, food, so, air, and water. What else could we you know?
0: I mean. Human if, connection.
1: If pa. Love
0: you say that now but it's it's okay because as time passes while you're there you lose the capacity to experience emotions anyway so you won't care after all
1: oh so okay so it takes care of that for you it
0: takes care of that for you um these you know these these foods and stuff are, are i'm sure they're fine if you're into food that oozes dark blood from it um never being warm or air that smells absolutely horrid at all times like if you're cool with that you know go ahead um visiting there you couldn't ever actually feel warm like it's just not a thing you cannot get warm which is one of my least favorite feelings in the world by the way I don't like feeling cold Um, and you also would be feeling as though you're being constantly watched or people would see and hear things that weren't actually there. So hallucination, in addition to all the other wonderful things.
1: The constant paranoia. Yeah, a little constant
0: little. paranoia. There is, a, there is a chart for it as well in the DMG that you can roll for. That kind of, which of these horrible things do you have to deal with while you're there? Nice. It's lovely. Um, so... It, it's a constantly unsettling place that with time would change living things. Uh, some visitors would have certain traits, vulnerabilities, and their abilities augmented while there. Like just being there in the shadow affected you and could affect you permanently. And as time passed, that's when those emotions started fading away as well. Um, due to constant changes and shifts within the shadow fell, certain areas were known to have strange effects and phenomena just associated with them um there's one that uh, i'm talking i'll talk a little bit more about the place later the black rift that kind of has this weird there's constantly water flowing into it but it never drains and it never seems to get more full and it's just a random weird weird situation there it's uh, in one of the in the swamp materials of the shadow fell are often called shadow stuff and can be utilized by illusionists to form semi-real monsters and some convincing enough evocations that even if the target didn't believe that it was a real thing like they knew it was an illusion it could still have it could still be effective and still have an effect on the person even if they know it's not real they're good enough to make it just horrible enough to be believable Um, They could, the illusionist could also, use uh, Shadow Well to turn anyone's shadow into a temporary gateway into the Shadowfell. Um, If this is successful, the target is pulled temporarily into a pocket realm and tormented by dark phantoms of the plane. Which, why wouldn't you want to be, you know? Um, Didn't cause any physical harm, but it definitely had an effect on me, you know, on the mind and usually caused fear-related responses. Unsuccessful attempts to build gates into the Shadowfell resulted in failed shadow gates. Uh, When a being stepped through one of these, they were transported momentarily to the plane of shadows. And while there, a seed of shadow is implanted and takes root in them. Could possibly cause their flesh to be transmuted by it and they would dissolve into darkness, dissipating in a dark mist and leaving only a skeleton unless you're lucky enough to survive in which case you gain the powers of one of the dark creatures from there
1: if you're lucky to survive yeah if
0: you're lucky enough to survive you just get a little evil (laughs) that's it just a touch you know so kind of got a broad idea of how things are there um talk about the kind of things that live there Shadowfell is home to strange and corporeal undead things called Shadow. There were other types of creatures there other than just those, which all of these are going to have that key word in there as well. Shadow dragons, shadow mastiffs, and then there's a race of humanoids called the Shades. Uh, numerous inhabitants there, including communities of the Shadavar, Shadarkai, and Dark Ones, which are... I had to go look those up because I've only... I've spent a lot of time in 5e. And it showed them up through 4e. Um, it's a small humanoid race, often found in the underdark. Which to me sounded like the start of where like the Sverf Neblin came from, but that's just uh, me h- hypothesizing. Um, most dominant race of beings on the plane of shadows are the Shades. These are the ancestors. Uh, to the Netherese, which are an ancient human, an ancient race of humans that resided there in their floating city and acquired abilities from being immersed in shadow essence for so long. Sort of um, like you so say
1: you gain a little bit of evil.
0: You just get a little evil after you're there for a while. Yeah, you just gotta adapt or become a skeleton. <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty simple to me. Uh, Malagrums. Had an advantage on the shades. This is another race of things there. They had some advantages over them um, as they had shape shifting abilities and were nearly immortal unless they were actually killed by something. So they could live forever. Object in motion stays in motion, I guess. Yeah. Thing that's alive stays alive until it's killed. However, they had small numbers. They struggled to master interplanetary travel and were fiercely independent, which made them less effective um, than the shades are. Shadow demons were there. They were, uh, find them there. Uh, responsible for creating the crints by inbreeding, interbreeding, excuse me. <laughs> Good lord. By interbreeding with the Netherese. Uh, Shadowvar also bred these. So these things I thought were horrifying and I absolutely love them. Um, of course. They bred shadow as,
1: as per your brand,
0: horrible things. <laughs> yeah. So the Shadowfar bred shadow sea serpents that, though they weren't native to this plane, they existed and thrived there. Um, they did this by crossing orcas, like killer whales, with shadow creatures and created these serpents that hunted in packs in the oceans as well as on land. Like, you can't get away.
1: Thanks, I hate it.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. My mental image, as soon as it called it serpents, made it so much worse to me for some reason. Yeah. kind of slithery whale snakes.
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> awful. Just absolutely awful.
0: Other things you can expect to find there are typical creatures that you that are drawn to the shadow plane or happenings that's there naturally. Things like specters, dark weavers, uh, bodaks, cloakers, uh, liches, nightshades, wraiths, and several other ephemeris. Sometimes the occasional beast that you would find on the material plane would wander into the plane of shadow, become trapped, and that evil shadow seed would take root, and they would gain darker abilities and carve out a place for themselves in that ecosystem. Uh, examples of that, some that were mentioned, were owlbears, basilisks, rats, bears, apes, wolves, etc. And these things could then bring forth shadowy shadowy counterparts to those natural things
1: all right that's that's awful. That's all of that sounds completely <laughs> and utterly terrifying and and awful and and just vile and and, and
0: delightful
1: and I want to talk <laughs> more about it, but right now we're going to take a quick break go to the middle of the show, do all the midly things that we do in the middle of the show. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yeah, we'll be back right after that to discuss more awful, terrible, delightful Shadowfell business.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: welcome to the middle of the show where we do all sorts of fun stuff we thank our patrons we take a look at recent dungeons and dragons news and happenings Uh, we also head to the other dmg the dms guild to see what kind of homebrew goodness we can get into and starting this week we're going to try something new we're going to sort of mix it up for you Uh, and we're going to actually talk about our magic item of the week during the middle of the show as opposed to the end so first and foremost let's thank our patrons uh we want to thank all of them we want to thank folks like uh the dog Indy, uh mm-hmm. coffee bean daniel p remington cloutier uh peter m uh who just upped his uh his uh subscription or his his support for us uh thank you so much for helping the show in a financial way uh, you know all of those funds go back into making the show bigger and better uh, we mm-hmm. use the funds mm-hmm. to commission art for merchandise. In fact, I, I posted a sneak preview of the one of the first bits of merchandise that we've got for our spring line, for our spring spring loin, our spring, line, spring line, our spring drop. Uh, and so, the goal is to have sort of perennial merch, like designs that are always available. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, c- cool stuff. Um, and then in the spring and in the fall have like sort of like you know um seasonal exclusive designs and they, like i said the first one that we have um that we have in line is so good so amazing
0: i am so glad that we had been talking about designing something similar to it and i came across an artist in um one of the horror communities i frequent and moderate and her work is just amazing It was just like spot on. I was like, Sergio, I found the artist. No, yeah. i got one. It's this one. This is the one.
1: So happy with how it turned out. And we're so excited to, to put it out, put it out there. Yeah. And so, and then also, you know, um, finally getting the magic item of the week uh, PDF to put on Mm -hmm. the DMG. Like we want that to be like a full on release. Like we don't want to half-ass anything. We want to, even if it takes a long time, we want it to be something that we'd be proud to put the D and D Lorecast name on.
0: Absolutely. It needs to be, it needs to be just right for you guys.
1: So again, thank you to all the folks, the fair, the fair folk of the Patreon. Uh, and mm-hmm. if you are interested in joining and supporting the show in that way, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash D and D And then of course, if you want to support the show in other ways, you can go to Spotify, you can go to Apple podcasts, leave a five-star <laughs> review you can interact with us on social media, whether it be Twitter through our official Twitter handle at yep. d Lorecast, d uh, the Robots Radio Network Discord, where That's we're an amazing place. Always, we're always on there, like constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I love the fact, like one of actually, like you know, our our very close uh, friend and, and patron text was like, he posts like, "Hey, what's up? You know how long how long do griffins live? Like, uh, I need to know that." And I was like, I'm on it and found the answer for him. And like, yeah, that's, I was,
0: I was searching for it when the notification popped up that you would post. I was like, ah, oh, you beat me.
1: And so, God, I mean, that's... and so like that sort of thing is exactly like, you know, uh, what the, you know one of the reasons why that discord exists. And so like, you have a question about D and D like shoot it to the community yes. and someone will help you out
0: yep. or if we don't know, we'll help figure it out
1: or suggesting like, you know, character ideas. Like, Hey, I've got this character that I want to do this with, you know how to build it right Love and so stuff. uh and then shooting us an email dndlorecast at gmail.com uh, all different ways that you can support the show for sure and as far as news goes we got a couple of big not big but like I mean, kind of big it depends on how how you look it depends on how you look at it uh
0: perspective is everything depends on your height
1: <laughs> right so um joe magliano of uh being a super hunk uh, mm-hmm. fame and being married to sofia vergara mm-hmm. and you know and and washboard abs in magic mike and also big D nerd yes he's actually uh he's he's been memefied there's a wrestler named mjf who like took a selfie in the gym mirror like all buff you know he's a he's a professional wrestler he's, he's a buff guy right right and the caption was like i don't play D," and then uh and then Joe posting a cover of like one of his like fitness magazines where he's like Mm -hmm. just shredded. And he's like, I do. So Joe, Joey M of that fame, uh, he is going to co-direct a new Dungeons and Dragons documentary that's set to come out uh, in line with it's, you know, the 50th anniversary in 2024. And this is like an official documentary, like, you know, uh, backed by Hasbro. And so obviously we're going to get like
0: hot nerd summer.
1: <laughs> well, I was gonna say, we're going to get a, like a very like, uh like Hasbro, like D D friendly perspective. Like there's going to be a lot of cool information for sure. But mm-hmm. you know, like with anything, like if, you know, if you, if you have a company like telling its own story, more likely they're going to sort of going to like gloss over like, you know, some of some, the... Of, some of the bad parts or some of the, like, you know, the, you know, worst parts, right? Yeah. And so, uh, or at least skew history sort of in its favor. That's, you know, that's to be expected. Um, and so like, no doubt that this will be, biases. Sim- yes, there are, there are biases. No doubt there's there's, this gonna is going to be somewhat similar. I'm sure it's still going to be very entertaining, albeit, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a bit inaccurate. But what I love about this information too, but about this announcement is that you know, someone's going to be like, Oh, they're not going to tell the real story. So I will. And so like, whenever you get a big documentary like this, like telling the history of something, you always get like the counter documentary, Uh like uh, the unauthorized retelling. And so, and because of this announcement, like something, a project like that will be more likely to like exist, you know, become like, you can produce, get funded and and like I said, that's just more D&D content. Like, so
0: I, I want to know all sides of it. So,
1: right. So, you know, it's so like I said, like this announcement in and of itself allows for kind of allows for the entire story to be told because we'll get like one version here and then we'll get another version and then kind of like between mm-hmm. the two, we'll sort of be able to you suss out,
0: figure out what's right. What's real and what was bias related. Absolutely.
1: So yeah, very excited about that, and then just plus like you know being able to watch a D and D documentary is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then the second bit of news from this past week, so two
0: bits, of news? two bits of news. We've got two. It's so generous.
1: Um. So the company that produced the Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance video game from last year, which you know it was it was fun. You know, it wasn't great. It was you wasn't know
0: it really buggy
1: it was very buggy. It was uh, okay.
0: Yeah. I remember watching streams of it, I think. But if
1: you like, but like the core of it, as far as like, you know, being able to like play like a D and D type game with your friends, you know, the mm-hmm. online co-op is really where it shines. Like I played it, you know, I actually played it streaming with crit and it was a lot of fun. I played it with myself. I played, played it by, with myself. Uh, I played it solo and I'm like, eh, not as fun. Like it really More shines. Yeah. It really yeah. shines when you're playing with your buddies and you're able to sort of like, Pretend it's kind of like a D and D campaign, mm-hmm. um, but that that company has um, kind of bulked itself up as as term in terms of um, like uh, folks that are working for it. They've mm-hmm. got some former Ubisoft uh, or Ubisoft Ubisoft employees. I do that
0: every <laughs> single time too.
1: And they've announced a new game. That's being developed with the Unreal 5 engine. And there's no information about like what kind of game it's going to be in terms of Mm -hmm. mechanics, but it will be, quote, a triple A game derived from the DD universe. So does that mean like an open world sort of you know game? A la like Grand Theft Auto or The Witcher or Cyberpunk? you know that is it
0: amazing
1: is it a more like you know like linear type game like triple a means like top of the line like those yeah. are like the big like releases like those are the ones that you know like folks wait for You're um, waiting
0: for for years and teaser trailers coming out right and so fantastic stuff yes and that so amazing
1: that's been announced and so uh in addition to that announcement they also announced that Baldur's Gate 3 is confirmed Ooh. for a full launch next year. It's been in early access, I think since like 2020. And
0: I'm not, i not.
1: Maybe. Well, I I didn't want I didn't want to mess with it cuz like you know, early access means like you're essentially playtesting it.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, I didn't want to playtest uh, I'll playtest a TTRPG all day long. I don't yeah, want to playtest a playtest of video game because I was like you know i i just want to i want to play the complete product i want yeah. to and i'm so, one of those
0: 2 i'll wait on so, some of them there's been a couple that i've been like yeah i'll play test that let's go
1: but wait no more because coming it's a full launch in 2023 so that that, that should be very exciting i remember watching the initial uh teaser for it yeah and just like
0: <gasps> my flares
1: freaking out for sure
0: uh did they mention like what time period like Seasonally, it did not mention it did not mention say that a time no. frame okay just next so year sometime. but
1: yeah so i mean it would in 2023 like it i think it launched the early access in october of 2020 like fall 2020 okay. so i mean we're looking at like two to three years of like early awesome. access so it should be a freaking perfect game by the time it I'm comes saying. out if
0: they've had that long to yeah if they've had that long to look at it and work on it then hopefully it'll be top notch and oh, of
1: course, sure. uh, and of course, take uh, or check out D and D Beyond for like mm-hmm. different articles. They've actually just posted a few articles about artificers, you know, like how you know how to build them, the best magic items, sort of stuff like that. So if you're interested in that class, definitely check out the D and D Beyond website because it'll give you a it'll give you a few pointers for sure.
0: It's just there. I would say that that's a, They've got a lot of really great resources on class information and build information and stuff there that is just absolutely
1: fantastic and of course the dms guild the the other dmg right since we are talking about the Shadowfell, mm-hmm. uh there's one piece of work by mark altful david moore and hitten dave it's a bit pricier than what we normally recommend usually like mm-hmm. the stuff we recommend is you know more or less about 10 bucks or less this one's going to cost you. The PDF's going to cost you $24.99. and there are also uh, there's also physical copies, both soft cover and hardcover mm-hmm. editions of this. Uh, but it is well worth it. It's got a five star rating based uh-huh. on almost a hundred reviews. Oh, it is over three hundred pages. From the That's folks,
0: amazing.
1: yeah. It's I mean, it's like it's a, it's a chunk. Yeah. It's a chunk of a tome. The folks chunk, at Quill chunk. and uh, Cauldron present mm-hmm. Alront's Guide to the Plains, the Shadowfell. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, in-world introductions to various locales mm-hmm. by the character Alront, designed to inspire and create story hooks. Uh, details on three prominent Shadowfell locations, mm-hmm. uh, Gloomrot, Evernot, Tholtanthar, Tholt- Tholt- uh, five domains of dread, including uh, that are uh with each with a tragic st- uh, story tied to a specific dark lord. Um, it's got uh, the fugue plane, an introduction to the nature of mm-hmm. death, judgment, and the afterlife in the forgotten realms. Uh, deities and other powers they explore five deities and give you nifty uh, tips for role playing them. Uh, stat mm-hmm. blocks is it on spider wish list. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> Character options for new playable races, fifteen mm-hmm. new subclasses, and then of course a bestiary with hundred and forty new stat blocks for monsters and NPCs native to the Shadowfell, to oh, the Fugue bestiary. Plane, uh, or the Domain of Dread. It's, I mean, it. Like I said, it's, it's Trunk incredible. It is an incredible piece of work. Well worth the price. Well worth, uh, you know, well earned five star reviews this thing is absolutely incredible if you are interested in the Shadowfell at all this is a must buy yeah. i i i love it i think it's fantastic
0: It's my it's my favorite i just love the horror stuff
1: the spooky stuff
0: i love it spooky
1: and finally how about that magic item of the week mary what do you got for us
0: i Went searching for something creepy and spooky and shadowy to go with our theme for the week. As All right, usual. fair enough. So, if you've ever wanted to steal somebody's shadow, like always Peter Pan stuff, yeah, right, and <laughs> I mean, use it like, against them, right?
1: Why, why else would I be stealing it,
0: right? I have unless to use it item. against the
1: person I'm stealing exactly. it from.
0: I have the perfect item for you. That's so, a it. wondrous item, and it requires attunement. But it has to be by a fae or a spellcaster, unless, as the DM, you rule that anybody can use it, which is probably what I would do. <laughs> the scissors of shadow snipping. So with these iron shears, you can use one action and cause the shadow of a humanoid creature you can see within five feet of you to detach from its source. Just gonna cut it loose. Just, just... you're free. Snip, you're free. Except they're not free.
1: Oh, If the creature is
0: unwilling to give up its shadow, it does have to make a charisma save. Uh, 15 is the DC on that one. Retaining its shadow if they succeed. Um, Whether or not the shadow is snipped, you can't reuse the scissors again until the dawn of next day. So once per day, you can cut somebody's shadow off. So if you're successful... This detached shadow is rooted to the spot where it was snipped until you use a bonus action to cause it to behave in one of a couple ways. Um, Either one is possible, but only if you can see it. So you can control its movements. It can make it, you know, move up to 30 feet across a solid or liquid surface. Oh, so shadows can walk on water, apparently, walk across ponds or whatnot, or lava, I guess that's technically a it's technically a liquid, right? Any direction you you choose, including along vertical ser- surfaces there. Um, so provided you can see it the entire time. Um, it's harmless and unable to be harmed and it is invisible in darkness. Doesn't speak, doesn't require air, sleep or nourishment, which this just sounds like taking it and moving it. No, I'm going to take your shadow and put it over there now. So now you don't have one. <laughs> shadow timeout, right? Shadow timeout. <laughs> shadow timeout. Or you can relinquish control of it at which point it becomes autonomous the dm gets to choose what it does Um, it uses the shadow stat block from the monster manual Um, but instead of being undead the creature type is a fey Um, creature whose strength is reduced to zero by the shadow's strength drain attack doesn't die but they just fall unconscious instead and they regain consciousness and all its strength after finishing short or long rest so just kinda... okay so
1: like we've we talked about how like the person who is doing the snipping benefits and what they can <laughs> do but what about the person who gets snipped
0: oh yeah if your shadow gets detached um from it um you know the creature is then cursed
1: so i because you know. so, so far i'm like okay so i lost my shadow nbd whatever
0: whatever it just sounds kind wrong. of annoying wrong Wrong. If a shadowless creature is subjected to any spell that ends a curse, or if its detached shadow is reduced to zero hit points, the shadow disappears and the creature regains its normal shadow instantly. So once somebody knocks it out, it magically goes back to the the original owner, I guess. (laughs) Owner, Um, creator.
1: But until then, that owner, creator is, is suffering from the cursed effect that's and that is from the wild beyond the witchlight uh adventure yes. so if you are more if you're interested in and in, and stuff like you know if you're interested in like spooky stuff like sort of like stuff that's got like you know slightly more macabre definitely check out wild wild beyond the witchlight oh i love it so and much and then obviously van richten's guide to ravenloft
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely both of those are two of my top favorite source books. Imagine that. I know. All the scary, creepy carnival stuff. I'm in, minus the clowns.
1: Minus those the can, clowns.
0: Those can stay in Spelljammer. They can stay in space. <laughs> I don't want them here.
1: Leave <laughs> Earth entirely. Leave. Yeet. Yeet yourself into space, <laughs> nefarious clowns.
0: Exactly. That is your magic item this week.
1: Well, that being said, Let's go ahead and continue talking about more horror stuff, more spooky stuff and wrap up the middle of the show.
0: Absolutely.
1: We have returned. So Mary, let's continue. Let's just jump right back into it.
0: Let's just go. Um, So Anytime there's a place, there's going to be rumors and legends associated with it. And that's no different with the Shadow Plane. So I mean, how did it... I
1: it's, it's everywhere.
0: It's just everywhere. How did it come into being? There's a couple different theories um, on this. Uh, one saying that the, um, the Underdark is bottomless and it eventually fades into the Shadow Plane. Like you just keep going further and further into the Underdark, eventually you'll get there they just kind of bleed to each other um the only thing supporting this theory though is the is that there are some permanent portals in the underdark they become more and more frequent the further down you travel which lends credit to that um some believe that it was just a spontaneous formation uh, of the ethereal plane and many adventurous planeswalkers and cosmologists uh talk about the legend of the shining citadel Uh, this i found this really interesting too and i'll tell you why in a minute the legend claimed that the plane of shadow was not always dark and dismal that it was once a thriving place bright beautiful like the material plane sometime long 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 ago a group that worshipped the plane's creator took all of the color, the light, and most of the life force from the rest of the plane and concentrated it into a mighty citadel, though no one has ever found the shining citadel and spoken about it. There is a legend, though, that those who venture far enough into the plains of shadow and never return have actually made it to it. Now, I found this interesting because as I was reading it, it made me think of the radiant citadel, and made me wonder is that interesting is that the citadel i haven't didn't delve any further into it so if uh, anybody knows or wants to maybe talk about it we totally could um but i thought that was an interesting little tie there Um, so the various realms within um the shadow plane realms of different gods and goddesses there's only three deities uh that claimed known deities that claimed um, the shadow plane as their home. One being Null, the draconic god of death. He had realms called the Mausoleum of Pain and the Mausoleum of Chronopsis. These were thought to exist at the same time. And I found that neat because Null is the draconic god of both death and undeath as he himself is a duality. So then he has a duality of realms there. He is the reaver worshipped by evil dragons and, you know, those that took lives and served him in this way were blessed by him. And the other aspect of his nature is the guardian of the lost who ferried the souls to the dead uh, of dead dragons to dragon Airy and ensured their protection and freedom from the uh, enemies and things that bothered them while they were alive. The second uh, deity is Mask, the master of all thieves and sh- uh, lord of shadows his realm called shadow keep um is made of shadow stuff and is nearly impossible to see even when you're close to it the third yeah that's what i was like you'd be walking right up in his front yard and not (laughs) even know because everything's dark and gloomy not
1: even know it
0: exactly the third is char the mistress of the night and the lady of loss um Says the one who caused it to exist. So I would hope she'd keep a realm there. Like this is your fault anyway. Like, yeah,
1: this you is better stay here it, and deal lady, with this it. This is because of you.
0: <laughs> Before the spell plague, she resided in a tower that had no visible way in or out. But her followers were somehow able to gain uh, entry into it easily. It's this place called the Palace of the Walls. Um, she would at times keep prisoners there so that she could also enjoy you know enjoy their misery and torture and whatnot because i guess she likes the sound of screams for ambiance or something um she moved um let's see here so she moved from there to the towers of night um after the spell plague leaving behind only a darkness filled hole like a large crater chasm in the ground um guarded by evil creatures uh, this was then called the foundation of loss after you know she had moved it radiated grief and agony and it was said to contain a portal to her new place the towers of night um, so within shadowfell some of the notable locations are a place called evernight which is a dark reflection of the city of neverwinter so there's Ooh, interesting Yes, there's there's several of these that are pretty interesting. And I'm really curious about the one, the thing you talked about from the DM skill. I would like to see what else is brought up in there that isn't, that I didn't come across when I was reading. Um, so Gloomrot is another place. It is the twin to, oh goodness, Fultanthar, um, the shade enclave. Mulsantir, uh, one of the places that travel between the planes is possible at certain times of the day so there are certain days you can go visit um, on the prime plane in this location is a shrine to Kelimvor who is the uh deity that is that rules over the uh plane of fugue or the fugue plane um on in its place on the shadow plane is a temple to the god of death merkel Another location uh, was the Shadow Swamp, which is the Shadowfell version of the vast swamp between Sembia and Cormier. Uh, environment itself is very similar in many ways. You know, thick, dark, slow-moving water. Swampy. Swampy. Kind of swampy, <laughs> like Louisiana.
1: Swampy. It's
0: swampy. Swampy. Um, but landscape's a little bit different. There seems to be more water in the actual vast swamp, so on the prime plane. um, Where the Lost Refuge stands on the material plane, the Echo is uh, in the Shadow Citadel, which is even more ruined than its counterpart. Um, These two locations are linked by a portal called the Dusk Lord's Passage. Um, Things are that are different between the two um there's an empty canyon in the shadow plane called the black rift um where this is on the prime plane there is a i think it's a lake that's what they said it's just a yeah just like a traditional lake bed or whatever so this black rift is that weird thing that i was talking about earlier where the water swamp flow swamp water is flowing into it from all sides and even though like the water level never changes it doesn't ever drain or anything like that it just continues to have like this conti- this flow of water flowing in this it.
1: inflow but mm-hmm. no no semen yeah, it's drainage just, it's
0: just weirdly yeah yeah it doesn't kind
1: of... like get higher or lower
0: mm-hmm. so within the black Rift, though the uh changes in the terrain are often very sudden very extreme and very strange um even though it kind of remains the same basic shape. The land itself is prone to sudden and violent changes. Um, It's very, very pliable interplay between the shadow weave and the weave. Um, And this was very appealing and kind of drew in a lot of the followers of Shar. So there are so many others. (laughs) Um, Shalsen is another, located beneath the surface of northern Faerun, about 20 miles below ground, in what was originally a drow city, below the northernmost peak of the Rauvin Mountains. Um, It was captured by shadow dragons in the year negative 221 DR, the year of shambling shadows as it was known. Um, The fallen city was under the rule of shadow dragons for centuries and was slowly absorbed into the plane of shadow until they were overthrown in the year of dark spawn in 634 DR. So what? Eight hundred
1: years later, about
0: 800 years later. Yeah. Ruled by shadow dragons for 800 years. Sounds delightful. (laughs) Um, in the year 734, the year of the Splendid Stag, uh, shadow creatures are still walking the streets and, you know, in and out of buildings as they please as the uh, fringe bits of the shadow fill are still kind of ebbing and flowing through the area. The town was reestablished by the house uh, Jaysred as a home base for shadow dragon-blooded drow assassins, which I don't know if I could say that 10 times fast because...
1: shadow dragon blooded drow assassins <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: what are you oh gosh here we go
1: how much time you got
0: time? Yeah, pretty much <laughs> um in the year of 1365 which was the year of shadowkin return oddly enough
1: sounds like a movie title
0: year of shadowkin return
1: like shadowkin 2 year of the shadowkin return
0: ba, ba, ba. there you and it go just like the voice yeah and then the last location I thought was pretty neat and would be a lovely uh, kind of a waypoint, I think, in a campaign. Um, so Upra is in East Faerun between the surface nations of Morcom and Mulherand. Uh, far below the surface of the city, uh, Upra was established. Five gloaming families. Uh, gloamings are creatures that are of both planes, So they are some shadow and some of some of it from the material plane combined um they were seeking out a place for community and a place to be secure and safe um so they expanded this city like they lived here they began expanding it um, by creating portals between the planes in the year of the spitting viper which i don't that dude whose name in the years like Man, we he keep is, talking about it takes he like no
1: things. l's like he's <laughs> just like banger after banger after yep. banger
0: year of the spitting viper oh goodness i know what happens then and this um, is
1: 534 and granted this like
0: 530 like
1: they're like years like you know like we're, we talked about like, like negative
0: hundred
1: and at, at but this point, point you know like even at 534 like contact. he's mm-hmm. had at least close i'd say close to a thousand years to name and mm-hmm. they're like coming into 534 they're like he's gotta like he's gotta slip up at some point and he's like all right no. what's five, what's 534 and he's like I got yes. something for you. Year of spitting viper. It's about to drop. Like, oh, so
0: do you think you they had it. like rap battles? Yes. Vipers you... rap battling. And like... Yeah, maybe. Named it after a you rap battle.
1: They're like, dang, like, I got an idea. Yeah. Like he just like travels the realms and like gets inspired by what he sees by what he sees. And yeah, he saw a Uanti rap battle and he's like, damn, that viper be spitting. Oh my gosh.
0: I need art work done. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, this place became a major, like a trading post between the two planes. So it's actually a gnome. People come through from both sides. And I thought that was, you know, that might be helpful. Um so in the Shadowfell, there are these dark little places, these little pockets where things are especially dark and horrible. They're filled with dread. Might call them domains of dread. Interesting. I don't know if you've heard of these. Um, I've
1: dabbled. You've dabbled dabbled in
0: the domains of dread. I I could wear that on a shirt. I dabble in domains of dread. Um so in the far corners of the Shadowfell, Dark Powers created these demi planes um and they served as prisms to both uh to both trap the extremely evil creatures there and to serve as sustenance for these dark powers. One of these, you might have heard of it, a little place called Barovia.
1: Little like, place. that
0: Just a little valley place called Barovia, ruled by our favorite vampire, my favorite vampire for sure, um, Strahd von Dracula, um, who...
1: Dracula could never, bro. Dracula, <laughs> we are team Strahd 100%. Even.
0: I don't know, although the Leslie Nielsen, Dracula, Dead and Loving inversion might be... It's look, it's close. It's I'm up just there. Saying. Yeah, it's, it's, as, it's as close as it's, it's ever going to get. It's a close race. Um, so he's both prisoner and lord of this domain. So that's his wonderful curse. Um, there are rumors of paths into Barovia near uh, Daggerford and the areas surrounding there due to the heavy Vistani presence and reports of werewolf attacks near the Misty Forest. You know, just a couple little things um uh the shade nope that's not the right word sage of shadowdale <laughs> i mean
1: to be fair also true <laughs> to be fair it's not like you haven't said that word or shadow a uh, bajillion shadow? times this episode oh, i want
0: to i want to count i want somebody to count how many times i had to say the word shadow for this episode this, yeah we need a it's shadow gonna counter be significant i need a shadow counter i need to get a little <laughs> clicker for it um, the sage of Shadowdale Elminster uh, was aware of Strahd and his domain and had even journeyed to and from there pretty much freely. Um, he sent Volotham Gadarm into Barovia to explore even though Volo was not made aware of how dangerous it was before sage sent him in there to go look around. He's like yeah just go go take a peek it's fine. It's fine. It's not fine. Guys I don't know if you Picked up on that, but it's <laughs> this definitely not, not fine. fine.
1: This is the opposite of fine. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And we'll finish out with some of the historical interactions, but you know, with the Shadowfell, kind of chronologically, to give you kind of a timeline here. Um, so the earliest known interaction with, with Shadowplane goes all the way back to the uh, Imaskari Empire in negative thirty five hundred DR.
1: So we're like around fifteen like the late fifteen hundreds right now. Fifteen hundreds. So so, years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's impressive. It's I, a
1: while ago. Fantastic.
0: No, fifty, thirty-five and fifty. I don't know. It's
1: a long time. I was gonna say like those early? Uh, I
0: started
1: I started to do it. I started to like, you know, make the statement. And then in my mind, I'm like, "You're, you're, you're will, you're starting to do math. What are you doing? Stop, exactly. stop!" Er, there's like a like a siren it in is, my brain. Er, it is Saturday incoming. morning.
0: We are not doing math.
1: Uh, Five thousand years.
0: Five thousand years. Yeah. yeah. The uh, when Archwizard <laughs> Madriok the Even Flame was researching Shadowfell and conspiring to harness and use the dark powers of the plane to overthrow Lord Artificer Amanond um, although he was unsuccessful and his plans were foiled by an attempt uh foiled by an adept named Helanther. Now I need you to know that when I was reading this my brain kept going do 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 Lord amanant do 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 Lord Amanon do 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 the rest of the night that was in my head and now I give you this gift. I'm sorry.
1: Now that little earworm can crawl Mm -hmm. inside your brain.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. Um, So all of knowledge of Shadow Plains existence seemed to have been lost with the fall of that empire, of the Amaskari Empire, um, because it wasn't until the Netherese rediscovered it and began studying it 3,000 years later in negative 533 CR, the year of plentiful wine. I love it. What happened? I mean, there was, I don't remember. There was a lot of wine.
1: There's a <laughs> lot <it>. of wine.
0: <laughs> Got it. I know what I'll call it. Um, when the Black Horde attacked Faerun in 1235 DR, the Horde vanquished Eldrith, the betrayer. Uh, she was killed and then reborn from hatred. Like, no, I'm not dead. I'm too evil to be dead, apparently. Too angry and hateful. Um when this happened, the Onyx Tower was created and tied to her life um, on the material plane. And on the shadow plane, the Onyx Heart was created, and only its destruction could bring about the destruction of the Onyx Tower. So you have to go to one place to kill the thing in both places.
1: Right. Found
0: I... fantastic. In 1372 DR, year of wild magic, an adventuring party was exploring the ruins of um, Undrantide. Unless I typed that wrong and it's supposed to say under. <laughs> so sorry. You could correct me if you'd like. Um, I'm cool with that. While the travelers slipped through a portal into the twisted, darkened echoes of an arcanist tower on the Shadowfell, they were beset upon by shades. Later, um, they were able to return to the plane of shadow using a magic mirror mirror and narrowly escaped the shades. Even though souls of the dead were not drawn to the shadow plane prior to Shar transforming it to Shadowfell following spell plague, they were able to be trapped there, um, which is very important to note because this exact thing uh, happened to Gareth Dragonsbane, King of Damara, in the year seventeen nope, in the year thirteen seventy three. See, it's too early for numbers. Dr. It's
1: too early for numbers.
0: This year sounds terrifying, by the way. The year of rogue dragons.
1: Worst worst kind of dragon is a rogue dragon. What is
0: a rogue dragon, though? Like, what is that? I don't want to know what that entails, actually. That sounds horrifying. Um, So he's trapped there by a group of wizards that had allied themselves with the Lich Sandmaster. Uh, The following year, a phalanx of paladins led by the smoke drake Brimstone went there and rescued his soul. In the year of lightning storms, 1374 DR, a group of cultists plotted to tear apart the weave from the Black Rift. Adventurers uh, followed these Charon and Syracist cultists uh, back to their base in the shadow swamp, which we talked about earlier, and thwarted their attempts. During this, they found the black chronology, AKA the shadow Roll which is not haunted or cursed sushi, by the way. It's a prophecy by the lost sage, Agatha, Agathra, excuse me, Agathra, the mad, which is a great name. Who are you? She's the mad. You don't want to go there. Don't want to go among mad people. Um, later that year, the city of Ordulin was obliterated when a rift opened in the skies over Symbia, an attractive shadowy land just you know, fell through and fell upon it, completely demolishing it. 1376 DR A party of eight heroes traveled into the Plain of Shadows and defeated Mordoc, Le Senmer, a guardian of the plain, and destroyed the Onyx heart. So that's taken care of. You don't have to worry about it now. And finally, in 1385 DR, Shar successfully bound the energies of the negative plane to the shadow plane and created the Shadowfell, which existed there until the Second Sundering when it was no longer, after the Second Sundering, it's no longer a waypoint for dead souls traveling to their final destinations. However, the name Shadowfell stuck with it.
1: It's a good name. It's a great it's name. It's
0: a solid name. It really, really, really is.
1: Well, that that's a lot of info about that's Shadowfell. So it's,
0: that is and, the condensed version,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, and there's like so much more that mm-hmm. we obviously couldn't fit into an hour-long podcast. So, if you definitely want more information, mm-hmm. you know, hit us up. Hit us up uh, on Twitter. Hit us up on the Robots Radio Discord. Hit us up mm-hmm. an email, and trust us. Like you, like we are always down to talk D and D. Like not an issue there. Like you, the you point. are not twisting our arms.
0: I, yeah, I will talk D and D until people roll their eyes when I say the letters.
1: Like okay, that's that's quite enough. Yeah, like
0: okay, okay
1: like whatever. I do this nonstop. Yeah, Absolutely. so thank you me. once again for allowing us, uh, for giving allowing us into your life for this uh, amount of time. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that we. Uh, are allowed to do so again next week yes. when we talk as and continue the spooky season theme mm-hmm. um, but until then thank you thank once you again so for much. listening my name is sergio
0: and i'm mary
1: fare thee well dear listener and until we meet again may all your 20s be natural Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast.
0: Smart shows for interesting people.